Hi, welcome to Eaglemont Church. My name is Jaden, and I'm the youth pastor here. And I'm Brent. Good morning, everyone. Why don't you stand up and worship with us today?
Good morning, everyone. My name is Joel. I'm the discipleship pastor here at Eaglemont. If you're online, usually we'd have some hosts that we'd introduce you to just for the summer months. We're giving our hosts a break, but we're so glad that you're with us as well. Uh, if you want to just join me, we're going to just steady our hearts and focus our minds on who we ultimately came here to meet with, and that's Christ. So if you pray with me, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that we have this opportunity. Some of us, weekly, we get to come and worship together. For others, maybe today is a, a different day for us. This experience is way out of our experience of normal. God, thank you that you welcome each of us. And I pray, Lord, through the songs that we sing, you would be honored. God, through the words that are spoken, the teaching that's going to be coming up from Pastor Jaden later, God, that our hearts would be ready to receive. And ultimately, God, we would experience and come to know you more today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Brandon and the team are going to continue to lead us in songs this morning.
thank you, Jesus, that you are not a God that is, that is far off. Like the, the last song we sang, as far as I can see, you're closer still to me. No matter how big you are and how amazing you are, which you are, and high, lifted high above, you are also with us at the same time, walking through this life, walking through each and every burden and pain that we go through. And Jesus, we just lift up all these needs to you. And God, we just pray for a miracle right now. For those of us who need more faith, like we probably all do, God, help us to have more faith in these situations. Like the one blind man who said, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Help us, God, to believe more and more in what you can do. And we just pray right now that you'll be moving and working through each and every one of the lives, each and every one of the needs, everything that is lifted up to you right now. God, we just pray for a miracle. We just pray and we believe right now, Holy Spirit, that you are doing your work, that you are doing the work that only you can do. And we just give those to you. And God, we just are believing that you are moving through those. We believe, God, that when we pray, you listen and you respond. And that is the promise of your word. And that's incredible, God. So help us to just have faith through these situations and to just trust. And even in the hardest times, God, to just endure as well. But God, we know that you can bring us through. We know that you can work a miracle right now. So we just pray, Holy Spirit, move in every single heart and life here today and online, wherever they're at. Be with us in these moments. And we just thank you that we can come to you, lift up our prayers. Jesus, we thank you that you died for us so that we can come to God and be in this relationship. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We continue to worship you today. We just thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for worshiping with us and praying. And You may be seated. Thank you, team, for leading us in uh, very significant moments of connecting with God in a gathering like this or wherever you are. Uh, God is there as well. So walk in that expression of faith that some of you just uh, looked God's direction for uh, this morning. I'm going to call my two uh, golf buddies up, Joel, Pastor Joel, and Carol. We've got uh, a golf evening this Tuesday night that um, Claire and uh, Lynn are coordinating at Eagle Rock. There's uh, obviously still room as of today to sign up. So we thought we'd bring a little profile to this. Now, some of you might want to relocate uh, where you are. I'm just giving you that moment. And uh, we're going to get two shots each, you guys, just to bring a little profile and funness to the moment. See the bin right there? Like, these are plastic balls, but maybe a good idea if, like, I see a little baby kit. Jordan, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, just, just saying, do, do what you want to do. And uh, we're going to let Carol. Carol is hardcore. Golf membership and no pressure or anything like that. But let's go with your first shot. See if she can get it in the bin. Be prepared. Okay. Uh, eyes up. Okay. You might need to catch this if it comes your way. So just, just be prepared. Maybe a couple of lights on at the back might not be a bad idea if someone can hit a couple of the... Thanks, Pastor Brennan. Okay. Take it away. She said she can't chip. Already making excuses, huh? Come on. 
Whoa, nice one. Okay. Direction. Yeah, well, two shots. Two shots. Yeah, right in a row. We'll just keep it moving here fairly quickly. Oh, she hit the bucket. That's worth something. Come on, give her a hand. Pastor Joel, you can grab. Or do you want one of these? Whatever, whatever, Joel, your club of choice. It's whatever, whatever, yeah. It's the club's fault when this doesn't go where it's supposed to. Everybody lay down, someone just said. I don't. Okay, come on. Give him, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Come on. We should have done that for you too, Carol. I'm sorry. Okay. Wow. Nice. Nice. Okay. Second row. Second row. We can. We can. That's awesome. Oh, look at that. Oh, nice one. You can keep that ball. Okay. You know what? You don't need to see me do it. So. We're on the back nine fairground. Jenkins looking for the hole. Oh! For those who are watching online, he missed by 50 feet. He just about hit the bucket. Hey, hope you can make it out. Tuesday night, we'll meet at Eagle Rock at 6 p.m. Sign-up sheet is there. And, oh, come on, Claire, there's actually a prize. Look at that. Carol, you, because you're such a good sport, you can have that. Thanks. Thanks, Claire. Elementary kids, you can be dismissed. Did you know it's okay to have fun in church? I believe that. As a matter of fact, I think God kind of chuckles. I think he's got a good sense of humor. When he, when he looks at me sometimes and some of the things I do, I'm sure I, I give him a good laugh sometimes. So it's okay to laugh in church when we're together like this. That's awesome. But yeah, great connecting time. Uh, just a, I want to highlight a, a few things before uh, we, we move into the series, uh, teaching series that Jaden is going, Pastor Jaden is going to share with us this morning. Just a couple comments about our uh, congregational meeting that we had uh, this past Tuesday evening. Eaglemont core team members with uh, 79% quorum, which is, is uh, very solid actually, uh, as church meetings go, uh, voted 84% in favor of incurring a debt load of up to $3.85 million for construction of a building expansion in this area, just right beside us here, initiated, which will be initiated very, very soon. And we feel this is a, a, a strong expression for this expansion vision and the journey that, that we've been on as a church for, for many years of saving funds and, and, and talking about how different ways we can reach people for Christ. And that's what this is all about. I said at the meeting on Tuesday night, if this was about anything else, I, I don't need the stress of moving into a building expansion program. Uh, none of us do. But God is calling us and leading us. And it's a, a tool in the tool belt. It, it's, it's a big tool, but it's a, a, to, a tool for generations to come to reach people for Christ. And if it was about, like I said, if it was about anything else, I would, I would, go, I would go do something else, actually. 
But I'm so grateful for the heart of unity in this church that has been displayed uh, really from the inception of our church uh, 16 years ago, and I know will continue for all of us as we move now together in serving God's mission in the next step. We, we prayed into this so much, and I, I, as others did, prayed the phrase, God, your will be revealed, and only your will through the body in this good process, and we, and we believe He did. If you haven't seen the expansion information that was presented at the recent meetings, we had an information meeting and then the congregational vote meeting. I encourage you to go to eaglemontchurch.ca, scroll down to the bottom. I almost went with eaglemont.info there, which we normally do verbally, but there's a Faith Expansion Capital Campaign logo at the bottom of our main page of our website, eaglemontchurch.ca, and you can click on there and find uh, the information that was disseminated and shared and the questions and a video that were asked at the information meeting and so forth. So please do that. Um, there's a mountain, church family, there's a mountain that God is leading us to climb, as I, as I mentioned on, uh, on Tuesday evening. And so we, we ask you again and won't stop asking and trusting and know that you are uh, praying together with us as leaders for this, this, whole, uh, this whole process as we look toward the next phase. And, and you know, this, this is something, yeah, it's got stresses for sure. And it's big for sure. But, but we get to do this together serve God's mission together as a church family. And uh, along the way, I, I absolutely have 100% and more confidence that we're going to see, just like we have seen repeatedly, we're going to see God work, we're going to see God, uh, God lead, we're going to see God provide in miraculous ways like He has in the past. And that is exciting. Um, yeah, so it's, it's something that we, we get to do together. So just wanted to share that update. If you, if you have questions, engage with, uh, with myself or, uh, you know what, Dale, could you stand? There might be some that weren't part of the meeting. Dale uh, is co-director uh, uh, with Kyle Kozlowski as well. I don't think Kyle's here. Um, but ask, ask your questions, right, Dale? That's what we want. And we've had such great interaction with so many of you, which is rich. Uh, questions are always valid. Don't think your question is insignificant or silly. He knows I ask enough of my own that I say are silly. But none of them are. They, they are a question, and so they deserve an answer. So uh, feel free to do that. Hey, if you're exploring Eaglemont Church, it's so great to have you here. We hope uh, that, you, that you find a place uh, of, of belonging. And there's a place for you. There is. Uh, if you're in person, there's a card, an I'm new card in the pocket in front of you. You can fill it out to give us the opportunity to connect with you. You can put it in the, the brown. There's a slot on the top of the brown uh, welcome center kiosk there. Or if you're engaging online, you can go to eaglemont.info and click on the I'm new button and give us that contact information. We'd be, we'd be honored to connect with you. Every Sunday, we encourage you to worship. To worship by, like we just did by, by singing. To, to worship by opening your heart to God's Word and the teaching of God's Word. Did you know that's worship? And of course, we also, pretty much weekly in this gathering, we also say something about the worship of giving financially to God's work. Because that is most definitely a form of of worship as well, that God wants all believers 
to participate in as they uh, express and grow in their expression of trusting God for our needs, right? And we all, we all have to do that as followers of Christ. And, of course, that enables the gospel to, to advance in a community and beyond. It's often said in the local church context that if every Christ follower practiced the biblical principle of giving uh, proportionately as the Word of God lays out uh, as a kind of a starting point of, of 10% uh, to God, that every ministry need, every outreach endeavor, uh, every, every need of the church would be fully met. And that's also true for us as well. And I speak from experience. Miriam and I have over the years continued to grow in this area of generosity. And I'm not saying we got it all together or I'm not propping myself up here. I'm just saying I have experienced the stretching and desire to grow in generosity and giving and have seen along the way, Miriam and I, God's provision for our needs in, in, in uh, many times some surprising ways actually. And so give God that opportunity. I, I'm just encouraging you today because of what it can do in your own life and your own spiritual uh, connection to God. And you can give by going, as we say, off every week, eaglemont.info. Click on the Give button. You can give online or e-transfer or the debit machine at the back. God, God bless you for your faithful giving to God's work through the local church, and I know He will. I know He will. A prayer encounter today, 4 p.m., bring your lawn chair, we're in the parking lot, we're going to just be praying together, no one will be forced to pray, but you can just even sit there and just enjoy the atmosphere of, of un united prayer as we pray for God's work in our own lives, you can share needs that you may have, uh, pray for our church family, and pray for our broader community that the love of Christ would be known by everyone uh, around us here. Also want to mention water baptism, Sunday, August 7th. Baptism class is next Sunday. It's a long weekend, so if it doesn't work for you to come to the baptism class, let me know. Call the church office, email me, marlo at eaglemontchurch.ca, and I will meet. If you want to be baptized, I will meet with you, uh, of course, at another time. Uh, and if you've committed your life to Christ, maybe you're engaging online, and, and you haven't even told anybody yet, but you've prayed to, to trust Christ and surrendered your life to Christ, this is... Jesus' desire and command, actually, to be baptized in water. It's just, it's just a physical, outward declaration of what has happened here. There's no saving value to it, but it's a step of obedience. And so maybe this is your opportunity. And if you've committed your life to Christ, uh, it, it's, it's uh, uh, what Christ wants you to do. So let us know. Again, eaglemont.info and click on the water baptism button. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter as well that we send out weekly to keep informed. Uh, we've got a video right now, and then Jaden's coming. Throughout his life on earth, Jesus taught his disciples many things. But there's one thing that the disciples asked to learn. Above everything else, they saw the value of this. They asked, and we are asking now, Lord, teach us to pray. All right, good morning. Uh, I will say, I sometimes get nervous when I get up here, even though I've done this uh, a number of times now. But Joel, thank you for that first shot. 
because I really have this new confidence that even if you're like, the sermon was boring, whatever, it's not as bad as Joel's first shot. So feeling really good today. That's a, that's a good confidence boost. Okay. <laughs> On not a confidence boost, if you were here last week, I did really bad at our memory verse. I learned it in a different translation. I was trying to do it in this new one. It was really bad. I didn't even say the bread part of the Lord's Prayer. Like the most basic one that every kid is like, I like bread. I know that one. Didn't even say it. So we're going to try again. So we're all going to say it together. And then we're all going to also say it together without the words. And if I do bad again, I really did practice. So I don't know. It is what it is. So all together, please. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do you guys feel ready to do it without the words? Do I feel ready to do it without the words? I don't know, but we're going to try. So, all together again. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And but deliver us from evil. <laughs> and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If you ask me to say it in the, like, thou, thy art one, I've got it. But we switch those words out, and somehow my brain is like, I don't even know this. <laughs> I do, but oh well. Um, please keep practicing that with us. Keep trying to learn it. Bible memory is so important and such uh, a cool thing that we get to do. So we're going to keep doing it, I promise you. By the end, I will do it by myself at the end. No words, and I will have it right. It might take me till then, though. But good morning. Welcome to Eaglemont. We're so glad you're here, and it's so great to be together today. And we are in week three of our study of the Lord's Prayer. And I got to say, I was telling Pastor Joel this this morning. I feel like I got the best line. Like, some of these lines are hard. And I was, like, thinking, I don't know if I could do a full sermon on that. But I got the best one, which is hallowed be your name. And I personally find it extremely interesting. There are so many important things when it comes to God's name. So, like, why do we only say it in reverence? And what does taking the Lord's name in vain actually mean? And what is hallowed? That's a big one. And if we look at the Bible as a whole, why are there so many forms of God's name? And can we not say any of them? How does that work? So hopefully we can answer some of these questions this morning with a little bit of a better understanding of why we can say, oh my Matthew McConaughey, but saying, oh my God, is entirely different. So when I was first thinking of names to add to oh my for that exact line, uh, Matthew McConaughey, I was like, well, that's kind of funny. But now I actively say it to my dog when she's being nuts because it flows so nicely. So I'm like, Lola, oh my Matthew McConaughey. And I actually really like it. So if you're... <laughs> Working on not saying the Lord's name in vain, Matthew McConaughey goes great. And then you can follow it up with, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but let's get back to the real stuff. So the Lord's Prayer begins with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Pastor Marlowe addressed what God being a father means, and Pastor Joel last week addressed the in heaven portion, and today we're going to talk about the first request of the Lord's Prayer. Now, I have to admit, I never really gave much thought to the hallowed be your name piece in the Lord's Prayer before I started really looking into it for this series. To me, it sounded like a fancy way of saying, your name is holy, and that made sense. Seems like a good way to start a prayer. You know, address God and say, well, Father, your name is holy, and then get on to my requests of what I would like. But that actually isn't what this is saying. This first request in the Lord's Prayer is not your kingdom come, like I previously thought, but it actually is hallowed be your name. So what this is saying is, our Father who is in heaven, may your name be sanctified, followed by may your kingdom come, and may your will be done. So we're actually making a request to God. It's not a declaration, like I thought for years, but it's a request that he would see to it that his own name be hallowed. To pray, hallowed be your name, means to ask God to let his name be worshipped, to be exalted, honored, and adored on earth as it is in heaven. It's to ask God to move and to act in the world, that people will worship and treasure him above all else. If you Google what the meaning of hallowed means, you can see two definitions right away. And the first is holy and the second is sacred. So right away, Jesus is removing the focus from us and turning it to God. It's about him. It's about his holiness and his work in the world. Changing my focus from what I want to who God is, is necessary for me to not treat God like a vending machine of my prayer requests. God, her name is holy. I would like a new car a bigger house, and all these things. But instead, this is teaching us to recognize the God with who we're praying to. He is a loving Father who invites us into his presence. He genuinely cares for us, but he is also holy and worthy of all honor. And our first priority is to pray that the world would see how holy and glorious he is. This pushes us into reverence for who we're praying to, something that isn't always easy to do on our own. But John 17, 19 says, For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. The word sanctified here in John 17 is a translation of the same Greek word translated hallowed in the Lord's Prayer. In John 17, Jesus prayed this specifically for his disciples, but also for all those who would believe in him through their message. Meaning, anyone who's put their faith in Jesus. And this is because as children of God, we are called to be holy as he is holy. 1 Peter 1.16 says, For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Revere in this verse is another translation for that same Greek word for hallowed. And one of the ways in which we hallow God's name is to recognize Jesus as Lord and live our lives to honor God. We put our hope in him, we obey him, and we share about him with others. We are called to follow Jesus' model prayer so that hallowed be your name becomes the true desire of our hearts. So this is one part, and it's extremely important, but there's more here that we should address. And there's also looking at hallowed be your name, also means to keep God's name holy and set apart. So the Ten Commandments can be found in Exodus 20, but we're going to look at the Third Commandment in particular. 
You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. One of my mom's current favorite stories to tell, which I've heard a number of times in the last few weeks, is from when I was little. So from a very young age, my mom taught me that I was not to take the Lord's name in vain. That was a big no-no. You cannot say, oh my God, in a negative way. So a huge no in our house. But as a young kid, I didn't really grasp the concept, but I understood what no meant, which was pretty good. But my mom would put on this worship song, and the line in the worship song was, Oh my God, this love, how can it be? A beautiful line, proclaiming the love of Jesus. But apparently, I would get mad. Because the song says, Oh my God, and you can't say that. And she would try to explain, like, no, it's in a nice way. And I would just be so fired up that I was like, You're listening to some bad songs, Mom. And I'm in the car. And I called her out. She tried really hard to explain the difference, and it was no use. And now I don't like that song. <laughs> I truly don't. But young me didn't really understand the full magnitude of what the commandment meant. So, what exactly is forbidden by that third commandment? So the word vain, as it is in some translations, can mean empty, nothing, worthless, or to no good purpose. We are forbidden, therefore, from taking the name of God or taking up or bearing the name of God in a manner that is wicked, worthless, or for wrong purposes. So it doesn't mean that we have to avoid the name of God altogether. I have finally learned. The name Yahweh, or the Lord, as is seen in most translations, appears like just an easy 7,000 times in the Old Testament. So we don't need to be superstitious about saying his name. We just need to make sure that we are using it correctly. Funny nicknames given to us is one thing, like yelling Matthew McConaughey at my dog, but irreverent use of God's name is a total other thing. Anywhere in scripture, the name of the Lord is exalted in the highest possible terms. So just a few quick examples. Psalm 8.1, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Of course, the Lord's prayer, hallowed be your name. The apostles proclaimed in Acts 4.12, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And Paul in Romans 10.13 assured the Romans that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the biggest event in all creation is when someday... In Philippians 2, 10 to 11, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the Bible is saying, isn't saying, don't call in his name. It just doesn't want us to forget the holy importance of the name of our God. And historically, this matters too. So in Jewish culture, names were not just simply a way to call a person, but they were meant to reflect a person's character and to show the core of his or her identity and to declare that a person's destiny is related to their name. And we actually see this in the Bible a few different times. So this cultural practice can be seen when God in Genesis changed Jacob's name after they wrestled throughout the night. So the name Jacob meant heel catcher or trickster, but God changed his name to Israel, meaning 
the one who strives with God. So the story is in Genesis 32, 28. And the verse says, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Likewise, in John 1, 42, Jesus changed one of his disciples' names from Simon, meaning the one who hears, to Peter, meaning rock. He also changed the main writer of the New Testament's name from Saul to Paul. So the reason Jews, including Jesus, express reverence to God's name is because the way the name represents the person to who it belongs. Saying that God's name is holy or expressing reverence towards the name is the same as declaring God himself to be holy and worthy of our worship. So the phrase, hallowed be your name, is meant to remind us that God is perfect, pure, holy, and worthy of all praise and honor. It's a way to echo the angels in heaven who declare in Revelation 7:12, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer by recognizing that God is a loving Father who invites us into his presence, but then he quickly draws our attention back to that holiness of God, asking that God increases his renown. He shifts the focus of the prayer from us and places it squarely on God, asking that God would help keep the world in seeing the extent of his glory. So asking God to hallow his name is another way of asking God to draw people to him, demonstrating his glory and power in the world. The context for the rest of the prayer is then this desire for God to be glorified here on earth. In fact, the very next phrase says it itself, your kingdom come, your will be done. But as we look at the meaning of some of the most popular biblical names like we just did, we should also look at God's name throughout the Bible. Now, I could spend days going over all the verses that God like, has God's name and references to his character. As I said, there's 7,000 in the Old Testament alone, but I'll only do seven this morning. You're all welcome, because otherwise you'd all have to quit your jobs. So the first one is coming from Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The most fundamental thing that can be said about God is that he is. And it's really hard to wrap our heads around. It's hard to imagine. And our human understanding is that this can't be. But he never had a beginning. He simply is. From all eternity for all eternity. The next one is also from Exodus 33:19. God said to Moses, again, I will proclaim before you my name. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. At the heart of God's name is the reality of his sovereign freedom. So he makes his choices on the basis of his own infinite wisdom. He alone in all the universe is the creator, so he knows the beginning and the end. And that infinite wisdom is how he chooses. And again from Exodus 6.3, God said to Moses, appeared to, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. Not only does God have infinite wisdom, he is infinite in power. His omnipotence is the guarantee of his faithfulness. If you thought I was about to leave Exodus... You're wrong. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. When God came down a second time to Mount Sinai, the first thing he did was declare his name. 
The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving inequity and transgression and sin. So we learn that the existence, the freedom, and the omnipotence of God stand all in the service of his mercy and his love, and that he is all the amazing things of love, as we see in 1 Corinthians. God says to John in the book of Revelation 21.6, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So every human being, great or small, was created by God, but even more importantly, will have their end in God. God is everybody's omega. So we will all meet him in the end, and we are given the choice on if we spend eternity with him or not. In Isaiah 57:15, the Lord says, I am the high and lofty one whose name is holy. He is holy. He is above and separate from all that is common and ordinary. So we see the same thing when it comes to like coins and stamp collectors. My grandpa's into it. He's going to watch this later. I should be careful. Um, they are, if they're one of a kind, we put them in their own separate pile, or they go to a museum, or they're worth a lot more because of their lack of ordinary characters. So God inhabits a place that is infinitely above our ordinary world, and the rarity of the gospel is that in Christ, God comes near to dwell with the crushed and the humbled. He comes to the least of these making him absolutely extraordinary. And last for today, but not last in the Bible at all, we see the same thing in Exodus 33. Moses asks God to show him his glory, and in reply he speaks to him his name. I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. The way to see God's glory is to hear his name. To know the name of God is to know the merciful and gracious person he is. To not merely know something about God, but it's to know God himself. God shows himself by speaking his name. Our name is important to our being. It marks and identifies us. And over time, people get to know us. Our name starts embodying who we are. So think of someone you love deeply. If it's your child, grandchild, parent, friend, spouse, whatever it is, the name of that person represents far more than just markings on a birth certificate or a license. When someone says the name Eric, I am filled with joy because I don't separate my husband from his name because our name is our identifier. So maybe you're asking, what does this have to do with hallowed be thy name? Or maybe more literally, may your name be sanctified. To see that connection, we're going to look at the words of one of the prophets, Ezekiel, and starting in book 36. Again, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by their conduct and their actions. Their conduct was like a woman's monthly uncleanliness in my sight. So I poured out my wrath on them because they had shed blood in the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations, and they were scattered throughout countries. I judged them accordingly to their conduct and their actions. And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, these are the Lord's people, and yet they have to leave his land. I had concern for my holy name, which the people of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. So far back at the beginning of Israel's history as a nation, God promised them that their disobedience would bring a curse upon their land. 
God is holy. That is, he's not common. He's not ordinary like you and me. He is awe-inspiringly unique in his goodness and power. That's what holy means. Set apart, awesome, uniquely wonderful. But the question started getting asked in that time, if God is so holy, then why were his people defeated by other nations? In the eyes of the world, people started thinking, well, God must be pretty insignificant if he can't protect his people. God's name was violated. And instead of seeing God as holy, the world began to see him as ordinary, a failure, just one in a long line of gods that people proclaimed, and not even a very good one since he couldn't save his people. God's name, God's reputation was in the mud. So what would he do? So starting in verse 22, it says, Therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name that has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries, and I will bring you back to your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. So this is a description of the coming kingdom of God. So in chapter 37 of Ezekiel, what God is going to do becomes clear. He's going to send Jesus to rule over Israel and to rule over the whole world. He's going to forgive Israel for their sins, and he's going to gather them all together under the rule of the Messiah. He's going to cleanse their hearts from all sin and put new hearts within them. Doing all this, God says he's going to sanctify his great name. No longer will the nations dismiss the name of God as forgettable, but in that day, everyone will know that God is indeed the Holy One. So in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is speaking of the same concept that Ezekiel is, the sanctification of the name of God. What God says he's going to do in Ezekiel is what we are praying will happen when we pray the Lord's Prayer. God has made many promises to his people, but if you look in the world around us, our world feels quite safe either ignoring him or ridiculing him. But until he comes and keeps all those promises, establishing his rule over all creations, the nations are going to laugh at his name. They're going to say, God is no big deal. Look around. Look at all the bad things that happen. Again, he's not protecting his people. Well, a day is coming when no one will be able to ignore God anymore. He's going to step into history and destroy all the kingdoms of this world. And he will sanctify his name. Because God is already holy. But in this world, his name and his reputation is seen as ordinary and significant. Insignificant, sorry. But when Jesus returns to rule over all, God's name and God's reputation will be restored to its rightful place. And that is what we are praying for in the Lord's Prayer. One of the best expressions of how God's name will be sanctified is in Zechariah's famous statement about the coming of the Messianic kingdom. So in chapter 14, Zechariah describes God coming to the defense of Israel against all the nations of the earth. God will prevail, and living waters will flow from Jerusalem to the east and to the west. And then he makes this beautiful statement in verse 9. He says, 
and the Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be the only one, and his name the only one. We can see then that this kind of prayer has nothing to do with moving the hand of God or getting what we want from the vending machine of Jesus' promises. Because his kingdom is going to come whether or not I pray for it. It was his idea in the first place, not mine. And he certainly doesn't need me to convince him that the world needs saving. The importance of that prayer is in what it expresses about my heart. What is the focus of my life? Am I preoccupied with the worries of this life? Are my prayers only filled with the requests of what I want, of my happiness, of my success? Or have I heard the promise of God and actually believed them? This is what Jesus is teaching us in the first part of the Lord's Prayer. So God has promised us that he will come and rule over all the world through Jesus. And he's promised us that his perfect will shall win out over all rebellion. And God has promised us that one day his name, his reputation, will be known throughout all the earth. All will know that God is righteous, powerful, awesome, and wonderful. One day all the world will know that God is holy, and that will be the best day the world has ever known. If we believe this and we long for this, then that desire will be at the heart of our prayers. And we can pray, hallowed be your name, and mean it. So as we close today, I'm just going to pray that that's the prayer of our hearts as well. So bow your heads with me. God, hallowed be your name. Thank you for a name that is not just a name, but an identifier of who you are. You are the Lord. You are Yahweh. You are our Savior. And God, I pray that as we move forward, that is what we are proclaiming every day. We are not looking for our easy successes here, the quick fix, but God, for that amazing fix that is going to come through you. So God, this morning, we thank you that you are teaching us how to pray and teaching us that our focus is on you alone. Amen.